0: OTB GAA. Burns was on another planet this year, boys. Like in the first half of the All Ireland final this year, Old Murphy put a puck out down. Burns puts the claw up and puts it back over the bar. Like. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts. Rugby
1: on Off the Ball. With Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Now you're welcome, Max. So November series is here at last. Build up starting from today, really, because today, Tuesday, the South Africans have named their starting team for Saturday's game, 5:30 kickoff at the Aviva Stadium. Ireland will name their team on Thursday. Johnny Sexton though was speaking to the media this afternoon. Here's some of what he had to say about the game on Saturday. Honestly, it's not. It's not something that really uh, we talk about much. Like it's not a. It's not a goal to number one in the world. That might sound stupid, but it, like in, in in some sports it is in golf or tennis. But in in, in rugby, the, the rankings matter once, and it's like three years out from a World Cup when they matter, which doesn't make that much sense either. But uh, you know, you, you we don't speak about being to be number one in the world. You need to win the World Cup. That's the that's where the goals are. Um, you know, obviously you want to be the best in Europe. You want to win the Six Nations. Um, so. Those, those are our goals. It's nothing to do with being number one and I don't think many teams read too much into it. I know the other teams are probably referred to us now trying to put pressure on it, but we don't speak about it. Uh, so the South African team then named Cheslin Colby at 15, Kurtley Orenza and Mapimpi the other wingers. We have Jesse Creel and Damon Deolande as centres and then... At 10 for South Africa, Damian Willemsa and Jaden Hendricks is at 9. And then the front row, Stephen Kitchoff, Malcolm Marks and Franz Malherb, And then second row, Ibn Lou De Yeager. And back row has Sia Khaleesi captaining the side. Peter Steftertoy toys 7 and Jasper Vies is at 8. 6-2 split on the bench, as is uh, customary for South Africa. Very up to say, Rory O'Connor of the Irish Independent is with us. Good evening.
0: Hey Joe, how's it going?
1: Great, full of lactic acid, I presume. Well done on the marathon.
0: Yeah, I can barely. I was. Arthur <laughs> or Mick suggested coming in, and I was like, I was going to jump on the bike, and then I realised that I couldn't move my legs properly, so it was better <laughs> to do it on, online. So good uh, man. But yeah, it went well.
1: Did it? You survived and happy with your time? did You run all the way, tougher than you thought. I made all the
0: all the classic mistakes, but I ran all the way. Yeah, no, I got in four twenty-five or so. Um, and set out too quick, made the traditional mistake of setting off too quick and paid paid the price in the last five or six kilometres. But no, it was really like it's an amazing day. I, like I never really appreciated how good it is. And I think even if I don't run it again, I'll, I'll be definitely going back to cheer on those who do. Good man. And uh, what have you raised for Crumlin Children's Hospital in the end? Yeah, I think we're at 31,000 now, wow. which is um, a lot more than I ever could have envisaged. But uh, thanks to you know listeners who would have contributed and people who've done it, like, you know, it was a pretty emotional day, running past um, Crumlin, um, where my, my son Malky died, and even past, finishing at Hollis Street where he was born, was just, you know, it all felt quite symmetrical, and, uh, yeah, it was an amazing amazing day, and to be able to, you know, there's people in there as you ran past, who are going through what we went through earlier this year, so to be able to try and help them is, is pretty special.
1: Well, congratulations, amazing thing to have done. Thanks, nice job. So, Saturday, it's uh, coming quickly into view now. Ireland will name their team Thursday. I've just gone through the South African team there. What jumps out to you?
0: It's the fact, I think, that they've put what would have traditionally been the bomb squad front row in the starting lineup. So, what they would have done in the World Cup and, and in most of their big games was have Kitsoff, Marks, and Malherbe coming on after about 45 minutes against a tired front row, plus a couple of big second rows as well. And basically grinding the opposition into submission. And what they and, and for this game, they they're starting that trio. So looking at their 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 profile, looking at their weights, they're there to scrummage. And I think they're there to grind the Irish front row trio of Porter, Sheehan, and Furlong down. And we all know how important Porter's Sheehan and Furlong are to the way Ireland play in terms of their ability to catch pass their ability to carry to win collisions in the tight because we don't have the, the size of second row that South Africa can bring to the table and even a back row um for that carrying threat so Porter's really important to Ireland he's seen as a bit of a scrummaging liability by op- opposition nations he's been he- highlighted by referees he's fallen foul a couple of times and I think putting Malherb there like he's I mean, he's listed at 125 kilos. He, The Stormers have him down at 130. That's, that's more than 20 stone. He's an enormous man. He's just, he blocks out the sun when he comes into the room, you know. Um, Kitsop is probably the best loose-head scrummager in the world. Um, Marks is a phenomenon. And then they have really good props to bring off the bench, even though it's not those guys. Actually, what they're bringing off the bench is a more dynamic, smaller unit who can all play. So it's almost a reverse of what they, they traditionally have done. And that strikes me that they're going to go after Ireland physically right from the start which is no real surprise but the way they're going about it is very interesting
1: yeah okay and um, so what's their logic in the usual way that they do it then
0: well I think that maybe what they're they're looking at is is an Ireland front row maybe did they see the weakness in the Ireland front row replacements and think that we can get our starting props out and actually finish them you know that that we need to match our best Ireland's best front row is so superior to the second best front row yeah that we'll get our best front rows out there they, they generally finish with their with their strongest side um so it's interesting that they've they've gone and done that and and like there's no the, the guys are bringing off the bench Nietzsche um Bongi Omanami and Vincent Cock who hasn't played this season he's only just signed for it because he was at Wasps he's only just signed for Stade Francais they're really good players as well they're just not the maybe the mass and maybe not the technicians, but Cock is still one of the best scrummaging tight heads in the world. So they're not weak coming off the bench, whereas they possibly see a weakness in... in our, They possibly think that that trio can still get on top, but that with this starting trio, they can match what Ireland have to start and better them and grind. They just want to sap the life out of the Irish tight five, and in particular, those front rows. They want to drain them down through the mall, through the scrum. They're going to bring just that... You know that slow poison game plan that they they implement so well it's so effective and it's it's not pretty to watch but it's 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 enthralling when they get it right so i think that's part of what they're trying to do they also have etzebet and luddi agar two enormous men in the second row they've got peter steph to toss to, to six so they have size throughout and, and they have then the bench to bring on but they brought two two open sides effectively or two fetchers off the bench as well so they want to go after ireland's breakdown in that last twenty 20 25 minutes so They've, the game plan is it. I think they're kind of flipping what they normally do, which is going to be interesting to see.
1: Mm. And that's not even to mention the back three for all that we talk about their physicality. I mean, they're lightning.
0: They are. And, and what the front, what that tight five do is that they tire out opposition teams so that when they come up against Ches and Colby, they're absolutely wrecked. And when he starts doing what he does, they he just skips by them because they don't have the energy left to kind of make those tackles that they would normally do. So there's method to the, it's not madness, it's method to the kind of conservative approach and and we saw in that world cup final in in against England and they're not playing as well as they were in that world cup but in that world cup final they cut loose in the last 20 minutes they scored wonderful tries but it was based on the fact that it absolutely um exhausted England I mean Joe Marler just couldn't didn't have the energy to lay a glove on my pee-pee, um, for his try you know and, or maybe it was it was and uh, Colby for for his try but they were quality tries that kind of embellished what had been a brutal, bruising, utterly effective uh, rugby game plan and, and, and performance. And, you know, I don't necessarily, I I think what, you know, we all, I think everyone who watched the Lions tour kind of came away, not everyone, but, you know, I found came away kind of embittered by it, but I think it was because the Lions tried to match their style with, with, the, with, with a similar style but when it's a clash of styles like we're going to see on Saturday I think when Ireland you know I think that's going to be fascinating to watch it's not necessarily ragging on the South Africans they're entitled to play the way, that, the way they want to play but in order to beat them you're going to have to come up with something
1: South Africa's form this year they've played 9 games 6 wins and 3 defeats so they lost to Australia away in August they lost to New Zealand as well at home in August and then they lost to Wales in Bloemfontein in July 13 points to 12 but they did win that series 2-1 so 9 games Six wins, three defeats. So not invincible either. And the point has been made, you look at the loss of Am in particular at outside centre. Uh, Damien Willems is a 10, uh, Pollard being injured and Jantis, who's obviously played quite a bit for them this year, omitted for disciplinary reasons. So they're not at full strength. Ireland's injury profile is pretty reasonable. Ireland at home Ireland at the start of season and fresh South Africa at the end of a long year. I, to what extent is the, the psychology here important with the view to the World Cup game that if, if Ireland can't beat them here under these circumstances, then uh, come World Cup neutral venue and uh, you know presumably a fresher South Africa, that it will be a major advantage to South, to South Africa if they win in Dublin or is, is this weekend irrelevant?
0: No, I think it's relevant. I I I don't think anyone who who followed the build up to the twenty nineteen World Cup and the damage that was inflicted by England in the Six Nations, but also in what we all think thought was going to be an irrelevant World Cup warm up inflicted. So, you know, if, if South Africa come to Dublin and, you know, dominate the Irish pack in the way that you know, you've I have a slight fear that they're going to because we've seen this, this collection of forwards dominated by La Rochelle, we've seen them dominated by Saracens, we've seen them dominated by England at times. Even when when Ireland won in the Six Nations, the Irish scrum crumbled at Twickenham. Um there is a risk there for Ireland that they are built to play against the likes of New Zealand and, and play that and, and and their game plan really works against New Zealand, whereas they, they don't have the, the critical mass. In, in a sense to 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 overcome a team with of the athletic profile of a, of a South Africa and that's the challenge for them and I I don't think a defeat is, is necessarily damaging but it's the nature of it if South Africa come and they are dominant in every way and they they basically win the lineup mall eke penalties out of the lineup mall kick to the, or sorry eek penalties out of a scrum kick to the corner mall over and repeatedly do that in the way that Saracens have done to Leinster over the years and and to Munster. Then that could be psychologically damaging to this Ireland team who, you know, who definitely took a hit from their run into the twenty nineteen World Cup. So that's the that's the fear, but you've got to you know from an ireland point of view you've got to put your chest out and say we're number one in the world for a reason we've just won a series in in new zealand we were a whisker away from winning in paris that would have potentially led to a grand slam we the best defense in the six nations the best attack in the six nations france are probably the best team in the world right now um in, in, in on many levels and we you know ireland ran them close and if we get our stuff right on saturday we, we're faster than the South African team. We can move these massive men around the pack and we can find openings in, and we can inflict the psychological damage on them. So th- there's, there, there's no doubt there's a, there's a risk there for Ireland, but there's also massive potential upside if they can be the ones inflicting the damage. And there's nothing to say that they can't. You know, it's it's a really... Because these teams haven't played in five years and when they last did, South Africa were completely unrecognisable shambles of an outfit. Hmm. It's a very different proposition and that's what makes this, in, this game... Utterly, utterly fascinating. Like since Ireland beat New Zealand last year, I've been looking forward to this game. Not not in the summer, the, the November game. I came away from that game that night. I want to see this Irish team play against South Africa because I think that's the true test of where they're at. South Africa and France have the profile of player that Ireland struggle with. And if they can find a way of beating them, if they can do it playing the way they do, like it's it's a it's almost a good versus bad scenario. You know, they play rugby that kind of they're they're thrilling to watch. And if it can be effective against a team that played as slow poison forward dominate game dominant game then like you know just the, 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 they can they can write their own narrative mm.
1: I was watching uh, back over the weekend South Africa New Zealand in South Africa from the summer and one of the things I mean anytime you watch them the physicality jumps out but the other the other aspect of their uh, play that day and this is a game they lost ultimately but I mean the speed the line speed in defense is frightening they are all or nothing shooting up out of the line and that day, New Zealand managed to cope very well. They had little clever cross kicks. They had uh, several passes before contact and managed to to create openings. At times in the past, Ireland have struggled with that kind of ferocious line speed. It does feel of late, over the last you know twelve brilliant months, in particular over Farrell, that they've they've got got to grips with that type of a defence. But but the South African one is as good as anything out there.
0: Yeah, Jacques Nienabar, who Munster fans will will know well, and Munster players in particular will know well and, and respect highly, is the head coach of South Africa. Like Erasmus pulls an awful lot of Razi Erasmus pulls an awful lot of the strings, but defense is his zone and he is an excellent, clever, intelligent uh, defense coach. A self-made man, he didn't play the game at the highest level. He's kind of come up on on Erasmus's bootstraps, and he is an impressive figure who will have studied Ireland in intricate detail. I think every coach in the world is looking at Ireland right now. It was striking at the URC launch. Every team was talking about trying to mirror how Ireland plays. They're they're also looking at how Ireland can be shut down. And that, again, was the challenge in 19 when Mm. Ireland came around a corner in front, but Eddie Jones worked out a way of beating them. And Ireland need to keep evolving, keep getting better at what they do. They do challenge that line speed by going both ways. So that just when it looks like they're going to attack right, you know, Gibson Park might go down the blind side with a kind of a a wave of players who fall late and come around and just challenge that line speed because often it's it's not as effective on the blind side because teams are you know they 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 can pull out unexpected um, moves at the last minute, which you know disguise what their intentions are which fools line speed sometimes but there's no question this is a massive defensive challenge for sorry a massive offensive challenge for Johnny Sexton and his team and they need their captain to be as smart as he's shown himself to be in the last couple of months they need him to be at the top of their game because if they're losing those collisions he's going to have a difficult afternoon and if it's whether it's Murray or Gibson Park you know and it, both of those may be digging out dirty ball and Ireland may need to go to the air more than they, they would ordinarily like. They may need to be smarter about this. They may need to pick their pick their battles and, in the way that they did in Paris and when they get their moments, take them. So it, it's a different challenge for Ireland. And that's what's, again, you know, it's it's a far more interesting game mm. than a lot of the games we've seen because we just don't know how Ireland will adapt to the way um, South Africa play.
1: That uh, parallel with 2018 is so striking and so many ways you mentioned other coaches very much looking at Ireland and that that feels uh, akin to what happened and and was exploited at the beginning of 19 when England and Jones came out with a plan to beat Ireland and did it in Dublin and so I think that's maybe one of the reasons nobody's getting overly uh, excited or carried away with themselves either within the squad or even looking on with regard to the World Cup because there's just an understanding of how much rugby there still is to be played that said it does feel like the team had almost stopped evolving at this stage in 18 into 19, whereas Farrell and Sexton and the team at large now do seem more cognizant of the fact that things are going to have to keep changing, and they they can't just sit in their hands and pray the World Cup gets here as quickly as possible.
0: It was funny. Farrell was asked about it last week, um, and he said it's not necessarily about evolving; it's about getting better at what, we, at what we do. So they feel like they have a very strong template, and they can keep refining it and keep getting better with it. And you know that that's he was there for the whole you know 18 into 19 experience and that's the lesson he's taken from it you know the, the rfu have put huge stock into um the psychological side of things and they've you know dave news did his briefing last week and was talking about they've hired a full-time sports psychologist psychologist now they've gary keegan there with the team to try and make sure that they're mentally strong as well so even if they do endure the kind of defeat that they had in 20, 2019 six nations that they can respond they can bounce back that it's not going to knock them off kilter but yeah, everyone's studying them, and they're you know you're world number one. You're playing an exciting, innovative, attacking brand of play. You're you're brilliant to watch. Every analyst in the world is 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 trying to figure out what you're doing, both to see what it, whether they can copy bits and pieces from what you're doing, but also how how can we stop you if we come up um, against you? Like I think the big thing that's stopping people from getting too excited really is the fact that Ireland, South Africa, France, and New Zealand are on the same side of the draw, and um, you know even the greatest Irish team of all time on their greatest day you know is in a 50 50 battle against any of those opponents so that's that's where i think it's difficult to get carried away this Mm -hmm. time around but there certainly isn't an an, an imp you know they need to they need to discover a couple of players during this window but they also need to just keep advancing just keep adding little layers little um wriggles onto what they're doing or wrinkles onto what they're doing so that they they're just one step ahead of the competition
1: you mentioned murray or gibson park what are the selection calls for thursday
0: Back three is big. You know, Gibson Park and Hugo Keenan haven't played any rugby this season. Jacob Stockdale's coming back from an injury. Back three, Earl's um, low or out. There's a, f- a few more injuries there as well. Andrew Conway's not not available. So it's, the you know, the makeup of that back three. Does he go for the kind of players who've been playing regularly, say, you know, uh, Mike Larry at fullback and, and Balakoon on one wing with Matt Hansen on the other? Or does he trust in Stockdale with his left boot to come in for low and trust in Hugo Keenan based on what he's, what he's done for the team and then yeah the, the other big one is, is scrum half because Gibson Partridge hasn't played so does he put him on the bench and, and and hope that he gets 25 minutes it's a hamstring you know so that's that could be tricky or do you play you know do you start sorry and um, do you start Murray you know he also physically matches up well against South Africa he has that physical presence that defensive solidity that, that that's there and you know the Although he he's probably he's not the most um, sexy figure in rugby right now, you know. Every time he's selected, he's, grown, he's kind of taken over that role from Rob Kearney. That whenever he's selected, there's groans of derision. He's still a high quality rugby player with ba- bags of experience. So, um, Craig Casey had an injury coming into this week. He might have been more in contention. I think you know I could be wrong. He could be right in there, but um, he's having a good season, so he he could have been in there. And it's whether Ireland go try and match up six two on the bench with six forwards. I don't think they will. Um, they might be tempted given what they're seeing from the South Africans um, but other than that in the pack relatively picks itself as long as everyone's fit and healthy Conor
1: Murray was across the Sunday papers uh, talking about his 100th cap so this would be his 100th cap or will be his 100th cap on Saturday and one of the lines and one of the pieces was as he wins his 100th cap he's never been more uncherished which is uh, unfortunate but probably true with Murray it's it's worth remembering what an extraordinary player he's been for Ireland and maybe he's been uh, overly derided I think of late
0: And he's not an old man, you know, he's still got a couple of years left. And I I think I listened to your paper review yesterday or on on Sunday and that the, um, you know, that injury definitely took a toll in 2018. And he hasn't maybe, he hasn't been the same player and he's under pressure at Munster because Casey's coming strong and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't do what Gibson-Bark does. So, you know, it's not like for like, but for this game, behind a pack that may be getting overwhelmed a little bit, you know, Maybe he's he's the man to to be there to steady the ship and and with all of his experience kind of get the best out of the players around them and then you bring on Gibson Park to run the legs off those big South Africans in the last twenty minutes. It's an interesting one. Farrell definitely said like you know Conor Murray will win his hundred cap in this game, so he's involved. It's just whether whether he's going to be starting or off the bench is the big call. And look, he's never let Ireland down. It's it's not you know there's not one point where you could say he's he, he's cost Ireland the game or anything. It's just I think. Because of the way Gibson Park plays and the excitement that he brings, it's he's maybe suffering in comparison to that. So,
1: final thoughts with a view to Saturday. Then you've mentioned your worries about the pack, and they're uh, well founded, I suspect. What way do you think it's going to go on
0: Saturday? It's really hard to tell. Like uh, the the lack of form guide is, is is difficult. You know, I think Ireland would have liked to build into this fixture and play play the games in reverse with Australia first, Fiji in the middle and South Africa last up and that that would allow them to build some form into it. The fact that Ireland have a couple of players that have not played yet this season, that's a big concern and and I think we'll know more on Thursday when the team is named and um, whether those players are backed or whether he's going with with um, you know is it time to give Mike Larry a game and a big game and find out more about him because ultimately you know this is a, 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 a November test and not a Six Nations game or a World Cup game and maybe Hugo Keane will be injured by the time these teams next next play but um, I I have a sense and I've always long had a sense that Ireland will struggle this Ireland pack will struggle against the France France and South Africa uh, France's and South Africa's of this world really mm. France and South Africa um and I think that may be in evidence on Saturday. That front row to me is is a frightening one. And if they can get it right, if they can get enough scrums, like Ireland need to not drop the ball on Saturday. They need to make sure that whatever the defensive pressure that's coming on is you know, they, they need to not play into the South African hands. They need to keep the ball alive, they need to move it quickly, and they need to just not give up scrums. They need to keep the ball on the pitch, they need to play at a high tempo, they need to tire the South Africans out because they are um more you know more kind of dynamic more you know party fitter more mobile more agile and, and they can challenge South Africa if they keep the, the ball alive and keep challenging South Africa in different ways in the way that they do but if they get drawn into an arm wrestle and kind of let South Africa kind of get that line out get that maul slow it down kick it to the corner maul over or, or earn a penalty get a scrum sap the legs out of them they could be in trouble but this is where we find out about this Ireland team and, and they look really good so far um and they've overcome pretty much every hurdle apart from France in this cycle so it's that's what makes this so fascinating as a one-off game with that World Cup in mind next year so I think if I was if you gave me a fiver I'd probably put on South Africa right now but again I haven't seen the Ireland team so still, uh, still a bit cautious
1: No that's fair enough Rory O'Connor of The Irish Independent thank you very much Thanks Joe Cheers and our rugby coverage and off the ball is with thanks to Vodafone main sponsor of the Irish rugby team we all belong to the team of us